0: All right, welcome back into There Will Be Bourbon. I am your host, Eric Banaseski. Tonight, we're going to be sipping on a little bit of this This poor bottle I just ended, unfortunately. But it is a 15 year Knob Creek special for my uh, whiskey and bourbon group that we haven't been able to see each other in several months, unfortunately, because of this uh, thing that we're all dealing with. But this one's actually 15 years and nine months. Special bourbon pick or barrel pick for our group. So that is what I'll be sipping on while my Wonderful guest. Staff Sergeant Nicholas Davidson, who at the time was a private first class uh, at the Battle of Kamdesh in October of 2009, October 3rd. To be specific, Uh, you may understand this to be what is the new movie. The Outpost is based on uh, kind of to give you a little bit of back back backstory on the actual battle. It is the at the time, the most deadly battle in the Afghan war Uh, It's the most decorated unit, which he will tell you all about. Uh, What was the name of the unit?
1: Uh, Bravo Troop 361 Cav.
0: Bravo Troop 361 Cav. So for all you uh, Cav haters out there, just want you to know it's the uh, most decorated unit from the Afghan war, right? Uh, um, In addition to the the Taliban that attacked and got murked on that day, uh, there was eight Americans killed, unfortunately, and uh, about 27 wounded. Uh, There was two Medal of Honor recipients who come out of this battle. For the first time since the Vietnam War, that two Medal of Honor recipients came from the same battle on the same day. Uh, Those were Staff Sergeant Clinton Romeshit, and at the time, Specialist Ty Carter. And then also there were seven aviators who were providing support that were awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. Okay, Uh, so now that you know kind of what we're talking about, I'm going to bring in uh, our guest. Currently, Staff Sergeant Nicholas Davidson, veteran of Cop Kitty. Yay. Yeah. All right. So, give us your, like, so I know some of us have read the books. We got The Red Tune by uh, Clayton Romaché. Am I saying that? I keep, am I saying that? Romaché, yeah. yeah. He deserves the respect. Okay. And then there's also what this movie is based on, the book, The Outpost, by um, Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper, I'm doing well tonight with my recollection.
1: My hey, mind. you killed <laughs> kill the bottle, so you know your, your brains in mourning. <laughs> Correct. All right. So the movie The Outpost is based on that book by Jake Tapper. Uh, you were there. Tell
0: us in your eyes or in, in your view of how that went on either that day or from starting when you got there. When did it, when did you actually get there? Let's go with that.
1: We flew out. Uh, May fifteenth, when we start our flight to Afghanistan, Um, so obviously it's my first deployment. I had just gotten to Red Platoon in January of two thousand nine. Actually, on my birthday, I got switched from Blue Platoon to Red Platoon, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it was an awesome present because I I love Red Platoon. You know, Blue Platoon, I was there originally, but I love Red Platoon. Um, Yeah, so uh, you know, and that was at JRTC. So we came back. shipped out uh you know the fun trip from the states to maine to germany to uh manas and then bath when we were in uh, bagram though our first welcome in afghanistan was they lined us all up we're like why are we lining up and why are we getting like you know an arm length apart from each other two arm lengths apart from each other and it turns out um they're proceeding with a bunch of uh, fallen soldiers that were coming through so our our introduction to afghanistan was possession of uh, our fallen coming back home to the states so obviously a great omen for things to come
0: always uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that was a wonderful way to welcome yourselves to the war especially yeah. in 2009 things that, especially in Afghanistan had started to kind of get a little
1: spicy yeah it got it got actually pretty bad for the unit that replaced ours um, but uh, but yeah from there though we went to uh, Jaff Jalalabad Uh, We finally got our ammo for our weapons and then just waited for flights. Uh, It was small flights because they were only taking about two choppers at a time uh, at night to land us in Keating. Um, You know, before we got there, we heard when we found we were like getting like, hey, we're in Afghanistan. Okay, this is what's going on and getting our sleep schedules on on point. um, We heard that actually one of the guys that was there um, was killed uh, by a sniper round like a, a week or two before that. So he could be one of the ones that proceeded past us. So it was just like really, really great news coming out of Keating. Um, when we landed, didn't see anything, just were like, just go across this bridge. Cause we landed on like a little island between the rivers and went across the bridge and to our, our huts. And then they're like, hey, here's your bunk, wake up and you can see the wonderful position you're in. Cause uh, when it landed, uh, for me, when I landed uh, there the first time, it looked like it was up on uh, like a hill, kind of like a castle almost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I realized that no I didn't walk up a hill to a castle I walked up a hill over a bridge to be underneath giant castle walls of a mountain so uh, I was looking up at that what we called was the, um, the diving board was what I was looking at <laughs> oh yeah so looking all around you're just in a, a giant bowl it was super cool not really um, also in the morning when I woke up to what we walked past because I thought there was a vehicle one of ours it was actually a, a burnt out Russian APC from the um, the Soviet uh, Afghan War. So, so interesting. So that, to, to stop you know, though, real there real quick, I think
0: what a lot of people have noticed from watching the movie and just some of the people that I watched it with have said, why this location? Because nothing about it looked like a good idea. Now I argue that it was you know for strategic reasons. However, still you don't have the high ground. You're in the bowl, like you said. Well, what
1: were you thinking when you woke up and actually saw that? Uh, well, it's not, not even just that. The OP that was supposed to overwatch us didn't have direct eyesight, so they cannot provide direct cover for us. They can't use their direct fire weapons, only lobbing weapons. Uh, not only that, um, you know, we're outside of artillery range. Uh, there's actually uh, one of the artillery uh, pieces that was used to support of the battle is in um, Fort Seal. However, like I say, it was out of range. They're having to use those rock propelled rounds, Mm -hmm. but they are still just hitting the southern part, just trying to prevent more reinforcements from the enemy, uh, the insurgents coming onto us, but not providing actual, like, you know, on the far side support. That was all ideation. So just being in there, I was like, what the heck, you know, like everybody else. um,
0: What was your your elevation,
1: you know? I don't remember. No, forget. No, that's not,
0: I just was curious
1: since you yeah. were in that area. But. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice though. Like, you know, it's, that's the start of the Himalayan mountains. So I, I, yeah, at I, yeah, it's beautiful. Possible. I mean, I, I've talked about, you know, having the, uh, the combat ski resort one day, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was very interesting. Um, uh, with us, one of the ones that had fallen was, uh, Sergeant Gallegos and he was saying it reminded him, he was from Arizona. He said it reminded him from Arizona. Actually, when we moved from Texas to, to here to California for, for recruiting, um, it does. It did. it did look a lot like uh, the hills and mountains of, of uh, Arizona. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I go. remember.
0: So I wasn't where you were. Um, but when I was in Afghanistan, well, when I was in Afghanistan, we were in Kabul. And I remember we went to KMTC, which is like the Kabul military training center for our, our qualification, like a range day. And I just remember my only experience at that point with California, was Southern California, where my, where my brother is. And I remember going out to the range and looking at those mountains there and thinking, this looks like California. Yeah. It looked like Southern California to me, but, uh, no, I get that. Yeah. I can see how he thinks it looks like Arizona as well. Cause Arizona's got some crazy terrain. Once you get up high into the snow areas, but anyway, continue.
1: No, oh, yeah, no, I, I get that too. I was raised in, in Humboldt, so I got the redwoods, but yeah. Um, mountains. I'll wrap. <laughs> <laughs> the bad representation in my County. All right. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Oh, we were there um, first couple days. Yeah, we were really like, holy shit. Um, we did on a, a couple of patrols uh, just, just in the surrounding area. We didn't, we didn't go into any village, mostly just like a, looking around in the immediate vicinity. So the switchbacks was uh, kind of like the way you would go to uh, OP uh, Um Then we also went to the north uh, face, which is the, the mountain directly across from the ECP. Um, and where you kind of go along to get the, uh, the helicopter drop off on the little island And then every once in a while go to the putting green Which is uh, if you ever saw the Taliban video or the insertion video, whatever you want to call them um, you, Before he goes Allah Akbar and shoots his little um, Rocket at us. That's where he was shooting from was the putting green
0: Okay, so
1: and not um, to cut you off, just
0: for those who don't know, an ECP is an entry control point.
1: So you'll hear it in the movie, but just so you if you hear
0: it again and you don't know what that is, it's an entry control point. But go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no worries. worry. Uh, I, I, I'm here to clarify for the, those who don't know what the hell we're talking about.
1: So. No worries. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, was, it was, if I remember right, it was one week of patrol, one week of guard duty, um, and then whoever wasn't on patrols, was on guard duty, they were. Uh, if we got into a tick, if you're doing patrols, you're now running ammo for those guys that are on guard duty. Troops in contact. That's a tick. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Troops in contact. <laughs> so, um, and then there was also uh, two other vehicles that we'd pop up on, um, in case we were in like a uh, for the twilight hours, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually with the highest chance of an attack from an enemy because during yep. twilight dawn and dusk. So we'd also man those ones um, as well. Uh, so every time we were going to tick you know if we were on patrols we'd run out with ammo but all in all um you know after a couple of uh, weeks and getting into ticks because we got in ticks like every day uh it got pretty pretty chill you know it was kind of like whatever you know because they they weren't they were more probing like kind of like uh i guess is what i would say some of it maybe they were trying to do something but uh yeah we would always overwhelm them with power. So, like, you know, they try to shoot us with machine guns. We would drop a lot of mortars on them, um, calling them the Apaches, and then they'll well, blow it up.
0: I, I felt like they did a good, I mean, the movie I thought did a good representation of some of that. But, you know, you say you got there, what, May? You probably showed up end of May, early June, whatever. And this didn't take place till October. So, I can imagine. You guys probably got pretty fucking annoyed with every day you're out there and someone's just shooting at you. And it's not even something that you can really respond with, right? Other than what you said. You call in support or call in your support or whatever. But every day, you know, you don't even get an opportunity to really just fucking chill. You got to – shit, we're getting fucking shot at again and –
1: uh, well, like I said, it was just normal, so it was like whatever, and it was just 30 minutes, and just, you know, it was kind of like have fun. Uh, like that was your battle rhythm. Just go outside, get shot at for 30 minutes, and uh, go about your day. Yeah, like, it, it got, <laughs> I got, you know, they, they couldn't hit us worth a damn, so it, it you know, I honestly thought we were all going to make it, you know, um, but uh, it, was, it was pretty simple. We never had an injury, really, um, for the longest time. It was just, you got shot at a little bit, run out there, do something. Like, one of our, our techs, um, you know, I was, we were on the patrol route. Repetimos on, on doing the patrols, so we had to bring out the ammo. And the 50 went down. So I ran inside the barracks, grabbed, replaced the 50, and I grabbed it. I was in full kit, grabbed it with fully, fully assembled 50 cal and ran it back up the hill to where the, the gun truck was. And I was like, hell yeah. So obviously it was adrenaline running, but me being, you know, 19, I was like, oh, I could probably do this again. So let me try it take it down and carry it back oh yeah, fuck, no <laughs> i was like that didn't work but uh yeah no there was a lot of a lot of fun things we did a lot of uh stuff for fun um in between time you know we were we'd watch movies play games they play spades i didn't know how to play spades at the time what
0: so, yeah so you no. most people learn how to play spades in the army though so that's not bad yeah are you a sandbagger are you pretty accurate with your calls or what, what was that are you a sandbagger or are you pretty accurate with your calls? Like, you got five or are you, are you one of
1: those people that's like, I got four and five possibilities? So, I, <laughs> after all that, I went to S1. They didn't play Spades. So, I, I finally switched back to being a scout. And uh, when I was in Kuwait, we started playing Spades and I, I was doing good. However, I do believe in beginner's luck because the first time I went bowling, all I scored were strikes and spares. The second time, just pure gutter balls. So, you know i'm a horrible horrible bowler that time was kicking butt in spades like (laughs) that deployment or that rotation to kuwait but i don't know if i can uh next year we're gonna have a uh, reunion another one and um there's gonna be spades tournaments. so we'll we'll see how i do there let's do it all right so the 50 cal happens go from there so um but yeah so it's everything the same um the only other there's there's a couple little things that were kind of remember uh, remember yeah. that were good memories uh I think one of the funnier ones too I had was uh one of the patrols I did uh, I finally started taking the malaria pills again because uh, they really I just quit for a while and I started again and I didn't eat and uh, we went hiking the uh the north base and this time we we're gonna go higher than we would before because we were gonna try to like set up an overwatch and halfway up it I- it just felt like the sun was a laser beam on my chest and I just started vomiting I'm a very very loud vomiter <laughs> the whole valley was, it was bad. And um we ended up canceling the mission and come back. But it was it was hilarious. It was just, you know, some of this remember uh you, you just gonna remember forever. So I was kind of embarrassed. It was, it was bad. You know, rookie private mistake. Yeah. Um yeah, no, uh it was it was good times. We had a lot of fun. Um we when in the movie I did show um uh the white platoon, platoon sergeant Uh he uh, he got the shrapnel in the face from a B-10 rocket. So we figured out they were using a tree. So we we, uh, we went to take down the tree. That kind of helped a little bit. Then they were trying to figure out something else to use. So we actually did send a patrol out there to uh, take out the cave that they're hiding it. So that was one of the major missions we did. Um, and that was just like I said, just a lot of patrols. We patrolled the village a couple times. Um, not not like I say, this is too much. It was kind of like normal routine stuff. Uh, the other thing I could think of. We had some reporters come by. The Latvian's like, hey, we're going to take them out. We want to play a joke on these reporters. Um, we're going to pretend that we're going to tick. And as soon as you hear a couple gunshots, it's going to be us. You just slide up the, the, the mountainside. So we turned our...
0: Latvian's having fun. If we do something yeah. like that, it's fucking UCMJ. nobody gets to have any- oh, no,
1: no, We're all on board. So <laughs> just to say we weren't getting shot at. So we switched our, our rifles to three-round burst, and we just unloaded. So oh you just dump mags into the uh, outside. <laughs> so and, and for anyone who's worried about the people out there, there was nobody out there. These mountains were were very, very sparse. There's like yeah. we didn't shoot near the villages or anything and and they didn't hide hide in there. But it was literally just insurgents. Those trails I'm telling you about, that's just literally American trails on the switchbacks. No yeah. Afghans were on those trails. So trust me, no, no one was getting hurt. Yeah. So yeah. It was it was just a lot of fun. Um uh, for the most part. Um However, uh, towards the end of it, uh, what kind of sucked, we did have what we called the Keating Famine at one point, uh, so everything broke for us, everything. Uh, supplies were getting, um, weren't coming through because uh, the army kind of switched direction to help out uh, do the search for Bergdahl. Not only that, there was a, an attack, the Taliban did attack the village that was north of us and took it, so there was a lot of resources sent to that as well. So for a while, we weren't getting any resupplies for certain things. Um, our emeries, we went through all the good emeries. We actually uh, got stuck with some rotten MREs. Um The water pump went out, so we lost the shower. Um, and then the general, generator was acting out, so we are like, hey, you know, the generator's acting up. we need a uh, repairman. So we were getting, supposed to get those supplies, um, repairman to fix everything. And then as the Chinook was coming in to land and drop those guys off, the generator blew up and they thought it was an rpg that blew it up so they took off with repairmen and we were stuck with nothing for like a week and a half so yeah that's what we call the kidney family so we went back to the garbage finding those like because you know we didn't really have a can opener like the easy ones It you know just the the hand ones which yeah. no one likes to do yeah because you can scribble memories like why am i gonna try, like caveman this can so we like threw them away so we went back to like uh, our trash and went and grabbed those cans back out. I, I, I didn't want to eat. Some people wanted to eat the uh, local, local afghan food. I'm not saying it's bad. They enjoyed it. I just... I, uh, I loved it, but I can
0: I, yeah. I did it. At the same time,
1: I did it. Well, oh, I don't particularly like lamb and, and um, yeah, goat, yeah. so I'm like that. Yeah. but um, yeah, uh, We went back to there, and that's when I started hoarding uh, Chef Wardy. so after that. um yeah it was uh it was all hunky-dory for the most part um a couple strange things happened uh like the couple nights before that um excuse me um so i was like on the ecp uh you gotta understand too the ecp isn't like how it showed in the movie the ecp was on top of the shura building um and it wasn't somewhere you can walk in it was literally like a turret on top of uh, the gun trucks that's all yeah, it was it, it, sounds- it, look,
0: it looked a little you know hollywoodish
1: yeah it, it, it definitely was uh <laughs> so um what protected us though was plywood so they just had plywood on the back for cover okay. and uh, a head cover and behind me and they just threw a camel net over that and then on the side of me was the Elras, um which probably saved my life um but uh so yeah that's that, that? that l yeah. yeah i don't remember it was all the <laughs> but it was long range something system yeah, that's,
0: I, I I was looking at it too in the movie. I'm like,
1: what is that? I know it's
0: long range. I didn't know if it was like air support. I don't know what the it was, but yeah. You know, no, you're right. I don't know what it is either. I
1: forgot. Or la- oh. Laser range, maybe it's laser, because laser, that's what it is. It's a laser, laser range finder, like a giant one. Yeah. Laser finder. So it's like laser range. Hey, someone will, someone will comment and be like, oh, fuck, oh, this is what it is. You know, but whatever. Oh yell you at me for not knowing it? <laughs> hey, cartel staffs aren't like, okay, look, that was back then. All right. We haven't used it. I went to Brad's, okay? It's built in the machine. <laughs> built in. But, um, yeah, so that, that's what, what the ECP was. Um, anyways, uh, so a couple nights before that, we had, like, a weird uh, rain, thunderstorm, windstorm, whatever. It wasn't really raining too hard. Um, and then the radio tower above the uh, ASG, the Afghan security guard, uh, that's what ASG is, their hut, fell over on top of my, uh, my ECP, my little turret. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy crap!" And then um, they were getting an argument with the locals and the sheriff, or the not the, sheriff, the police officer A and P um, captain. So we actually ended up putting up a sea wire and stuff like that. And that was like, I think that was actually the night before, if I remember, or two nights before, anyways. But uh, yeah, um, all that was done prior to which actually ended up helping us for the battle because um, I was unlucky to stay at the battle, or lucky, whatever. You want to say um because i was able to help out because i was actually supposed to go on leave to come home uh to my wife my beautiful beautiful wife <laughs> and uh made baby number one yes baby <laughs> one number one was on the way but um yeah so we were planning for me to be there so that that uh i'd be there for the birth i just missed it by a little bit though um so i was actually on the front page of my local paper but anyways back to the afghanistan so yeah. So that all happens. Um, I didn't get to go. And I was all upset so I didn't want to go on any more patrols and we we're supposed to switch to patrol that next day. Um, but I was stuck on the uh, still on tower. So I replaced my buddy, uh, such Gregory, really great guy. Um, went a little early cause I'm, I'm sure he was probably doing a pee dance. You know, everyone after guard you like that last like five minutes and you're like, you know, it's there, you know, you only have five minutes, but you have to go pee all of a sudden really bad. <laughs> it sucks. Um, yeah i replaced him it seemed like a normal day um and then within like two minutes after he him leaving the uh amp chief comes back up with a shotgun yelling at me in um nurse because that's where we were as nurse on they actually speak a different language different culture than the rest of Afghanistan. um obviously i don't know how to speak it i can't i don't know any language i suck at it um so I called it up, and like, hey, he's acting weird. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know if you guys want to come out here. Oh, never mind. he ran, walked away. And then sure enough, two seconds later, that's when everything starts off. We go, I got shot at for like the first half second. You know, I thought it was like, oh, okay, we're just a normal tick. That was really weird. And then all of a sudden we got lit up on all sides. So I started off in the putting green, switched over to the north face, and basically was shooting between those two areas, because that was my sector of five.
0: What, was it early in the morning, like they showed in the movie?
1: Yes, uh, it was. Uh, I think I, I went on at 05, 06.
0: See, that's what's so. up. Su- no respect for the sleep. You know what I mean? Like, I, but I guess it makes sense because those are PT hours, so you're up
1: and everybody. Oh right? well, yeah, we're we're all on <laughs> our schedules and stuff, so it was like whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I felt bad for Greg. uh you know, he ended up coming back to support the east. That's how we did. Like wherever you just left, that's where you're going back to because you already know if we did shoot. Before that, you know, hey, how much ammo's still there if you need to bring extra ammo and all yeah. that stuff. So, um, yeah, he came back, and he was like, damn it, I just literally just laid down. Like, my head hit the pillow, I got right <laughs> back up. Um, so yeah, so I'm on the ECP just shooting, shooting. Uh, I was doing really good control bursts at first. Control burst, you know, is when you fire it, you know, wait three to five seconds, do another short burst, three to five seconds, short burst. So um, I was doing that at first, but because the volume of fire just, just got so intense so quickly, um, I wasn't waiting like the full five seconds and went with three seconds, then for like a second. And then um, basically my barrel uh, overheated and um, it wasn't functioning anymore. What did you have at, what were you shooting
0: with?
1: I was shooting with 240 is what okay. I had. at the. Okay. So uh, yeah, I overheated um, at the same time, you know, there was a gun shield on there as well and it's getting dings. I can hear the, the dings on it. And then um, it was, it was coming closer and closer to the center and I ducked, my head down to, to call, uh, cause by then Sergeant Kirk, uh, he was in there too. He, cause he was supposed to, he was coming out to support us there. Um, especially Greg was there. Uh, specialist Knight was there. Um, what else was Sergeant days was there. So, uh, no S- specialist. Who else was there? There was, was, was another guy from blue between that was there. Okay. Oh, I forgot your name right now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> It's gonna bother me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so we were all there uh, in the East. Coast. I was calling down to them, and when I ducked my head to call back out around, uh, actually hit the, the turret, like the teeth of the turret, the yeah. swings back and forth. And then that's when I thought, at the time, I thought Sergeant Kirk was yelling at me. Basically, we can use vulgar language, yeah? Absolutely. Okay, he said, basically, get the fuck down there, you fucking pussy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was yelling at me. 'Cause I thought he was mad at me for something because he his nickname was Combat Kirk. He, he he just came from there. He came to us and then went right back to the same place. Um he's he's a he's a he's a fucking hero. He's a he's a great guy. He was everyone looked up to him, you know. Um everyone loved him. You know. Uh, but yeah, so that's why like, it bothered me for a long time, because I thought he was talking about me. I thought he was upset with me. I found out later on it was an Afghan that was hiding in there behind me, like preventing me from coming down, because he wanted me to come down.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I came down, and I tried to direct uh, Knight, where they are fine, so you can call for five, because he's our uh, forward observer. Um, And he could try to direct the, the mortgage to there. I didn't know that the mortars were already pinned down at that point. Um, so I was trying to direct him. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to call it up nothing's going on because they had to um quickly switch nets i didn't know i didn't even know they switched nets um but when i did that i turned back around uh sergeant kirk uh, was going to shoot another two or three round and he was shot right then and there i don't know if it was from the same sniper that was shooting at me uh or what it was from the north face is where he got hit from so uh i immediately pulled him in um greg uh, he was, was going to try to go back up and see if he could get the gun warning. He, he immediately came back down when I said, Hey, Kirk's down. Um, we immediately used Kirk's radio cause his radio was with new channel. Uh, we called, uh, for the medic saying Kirk is down. Uh, Cesar in uh, he came out, he said, he's he like, he looked at him. He's like, I need a stretcher now. Me and Greg both went, ran out looking for a stretcher. Um, I just beat him to it and came back with the stretcher. Um, everybody else stayed there. Greg, uh, I helped Sergeant Coral cut off. Greg was uh, helping him get Sergeant Kirk on the uh, litter. Somebody else came in too. I'm trying to remember who it was and then we all picked up the litter. It was all four of us took the litter and we ran out with it. Um, At that time one of the mechanics had moved one of the bobcats in the way to kind of block the uh, the little uh, maze we have going into the center of the base. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately he he did it prematurely so we had to stumble across that and um, we went from four guys being able to carry him just the two of us. Uh, so I was one, I ended up went from the back to the front because I got over the cat first and carried him the rest of the way in there. Got him in there. Um, oops. You still there? Yeah, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> sorry. It happens. Yeah. That internet. Yeah. well, yeah, my phone's being dumb. i um, sorry about that. But uh, so, yeah, so got him in there. Um, it was kind of shock from that. Um, I just, I knew obviously I couldn't stay there because there's already enough people. I know I'm, I was like smart enough to know that I would have just get in the way. So I just immediately ran back to where I came from. So I just ran back to the uh, ECP, uh, the Sure building, the, the area. And we just fought from there as best we could. Um, Sergeant Hart ended up coming around, uh, bringing some, uh, another 240 to try to use it. But as soon as he came in, uh, like a mortar round or something came through the roof, right ato- on top of Sergeant Days. And, and we were like, fuck, did another NCO just go down? Luckily he was not hurt. I even stuck my hand just to make sure he wasn't in shock uh, between his plates and checking his back. And his, um, I went to check his front. He's like, "Get off me! I'm fine." So <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm good. I don't know. I'm fine. I'm like I'm fine." So um, we're like, "Yeah, hell no. We're not, we, we can't hold this place. We gotta fall back." So um, instead, Hart badass fucking shoots private eyes cover yeah, one handed with the saw. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> I was like, I just, I just I don't know. why. I just remember like. Damn, that's fucking badass! And then we ran back uh, to Reptilian barracks, our barracks, and then um, we heard about uh, one of the gun trucks needing more ammo. So um, Hart loaded me up with a bunch of ammo—you know, uh, Mark 19 rounds, 50-cal uh, rounds, and some saw ammo. And uh, I'm a very short guy. You know, I'm very he short for me. I mean, I'm for a human being, but I'm short <laughs> for a man. <laughs> Um, so I was <laughs> loaded down with a bunch of this ammo and we go back uh, through it. However, uh, I don't know if you can remember from the movie, kind of there was like an open area where it showed that scene where Sergeant Kirk was showering naked. Okay. We actually had trailer showers when we were there. I don't know. If oh, was is that, there. is
0: that, is that the guy you're talking about?
1: The guy that showered naked? That's Sergeant Kirk. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know if he, when he was there or any of the other news, that's how it was. But when we were there, there was actually a trailer shower. So and it was right next to where the, um, the, uh, ANA, the Afghan national army mm-hmm. were supposed to have the harp but they never used it. So yeah. whatever.
0: Shocking. Yeah. Shocking.
1: Um, so we ran that way. It's kind of, kind of a clear view. Um, so that scene where, uh, Greg and Sergeant uh, Ramoshe got blown off the generator. Mm-hmm. So there was like cool. a little, uh, spot yeah. there. Yeah. And that's where, uh, Greg Jones, uh, I don't know if that's when, Sarmoshe so was there, or if he was there, to be honest, I don't remember. I just remember um, Private Jones, especially Greg, saying, oh, yeah, we were covering you because I guess when I was running by, because I was trying to zigzag at first, but I was just really heavy. I said, fuck this. So I just walked in a straight line to where the generator was, I'm like up oh, okay, the generator's cover. Well, they said, and they were hiding there, or not hiding, but they were providing cover from there. And uh, I didn't really know it because I'm just focusing on getting from point A to point B. But I guess one of the insurgents at that point were, were trying to come through the gate already at that point and they blew him away. Like he had the weapon on me and they blew him away. And so they saved my life that time. So through this whole battle I was probably gonna die three times, just so you know. I was saved several more times than that. Um, but yeah, so then we make it to the truck. Um, I'm tired. I sit down for half a second just to catch my breath and they start trying to like drive off with it. and I'm like, wait, 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 I still got more ammo. And that's, that's Faulkner and all them driving to to relieve uh larson and, yeah, yeah. and guys and all them so it didn't work out. It, yeah it, it, they got caught but uh so they tried to drive off um it didn't work uh obviously i went back to the the barracks with um Hart. we get back to the barracks and we're like okay cool we got those guys ammo hopefully they can go those guys and we can re- retake our ground you know re- retake control of the situation mm-hmm. um however when we get back to the barracks uh you know i realize there's more people in there this time um, Sergeant Stan was there and uh, oh yeah that's another thing too with Sergeant uh, uh, Stan he, he uh, when we were there because he came back to like to help us and grab some more people make sure uh, more ammo and whatnot for everybody but uh, when he heard that we were collapsing the first time from the ECP he uh, he ushered us in there and I guess um, there was a, uh insurgent that was right behind us coming through like basically following us back to the base and they kind of like saw each other and were like, Oh shit and like he was like, Oh shit, someone's that close and the other guy was like and the Surgeon was like, Oh shit, there's someone like with a gun pointing at me. So they both like pause for half a second and then uh Sergeant Stan just let him or start shooting at him. Uh he, he nicked him, but you got you know he didn't kill him, but he nicked him so he could still stumble away. I don't know, maybe he did die. I don't know. But anyways, so that's where Stan was. He was still holding that one, kinda of like basically we know for a fact that we have at least this part secure, so he's he's maintaining that. We get back in there. Um, and, uh, like I said, people are on different radio sets. So there's still a little bit of miscommunication going on as far as my understanding. Um, Hart, he decides to go back out there and try to relieve those guys. Uh, he was told not to, um, but you know, he, he, he wanted to make sure everyone was okay. So he, he went back out there and, um, So the thing that bothered me the most that day is actually this part right here. And that was the fact that I didn't go back out with him. And I know Sergeant Stan was like, Hey, no, you need to stay here. And he saved my life too. Because you know, every single one of those guys that went back out there basically didn't make it. So um, yeah, he, he saved my life. Um, So I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm, yeah, I just wish I wish I I know I couldn't have done anything, but I do I do just wish I would have been able to try to do something, obviously, you know. Yeah. Little, little, little survivors survivors guilt there. But um yeah. yeah, but anyways, so at that point I was like fuck and I'm trying to listen uh, over Sergeant Stan's radio and what's going on. Um, at the same time, basically from the chatter that we get from her hearing it is basically like bunker down and like like saying like in the movie alamo so we're like fuck so the rest of us uh that were there all the jokes i went to the far side of the room and i basically just aimed at the door and uh was trying to think of like all right how can i kill the most people coming through this door without getting killed so um do i just stand right there in front so as soon as they come through i just shoot them i'm like well well, then what if they throw a grenade so i'm like okay well let me go into one of the bedroom kind of spots so i can shoot from the bedroom so i still have cover and if they throw a grenade um, I'm good. And I'm like, I'm like well, them from the So I'm like, let me build this little wall of MRE boxes. I'm like, well, it's MRE boxes. That's not going to save me. So I went underneath the bed. And I'm like, oh, wait, now I'm stuck. So if they come in close combat, then I'm stuck underneath the bed. I can't maneuver and fight hand to hand. So I went back out from underneath the bed and went back down my ammo box. But, uh, By the way, I'm this totally this sounds like
0: you just way overanalyzing everything, but in a yeah. good
1: way. So it's
0: okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's ha- it happens. So, um, while I'm doing this, going back and forth and building Emery walls, um, the A&A kept trying to come in. We just kept kicking him out. Like, you know, go fight, go fight. And then eventually like the, the Latvians come in and it was hilarious. Cause he was like, he comes in. He's like, no, he told us to shoot them after he threw the guy out. He's like, if they come in here, shoot, fucking shoot them. Cause I'm tired of this shit. Cause he's like telling him, go fight for your country. This is your country. I'm not dying for your country. You go fight for your country. Um, cause that, that we had, yeah, we had a really bad, um, uh, Kodak unit with us it was like supposed to be the worst in in the NA uh, Army at the time, but um, it's a low bar. I
0: mean, let's be honest, it's a low bar.
1: Well, yeah, no, well, it's, a, it's okay. Keep going. But uh, so yeah, so then we were doing that. Um, then Ramache came in, and then um, he asked for volunteers. Um, then Jones went. Uh, I remember who went with him, Jones, Raz. Um, I can't remember. But I was on the other side of the room with uh Greg. Um, so they just basically they they just ran first, you know. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it's not how the movie portrayed Greg. I know. Uh, just to make that clear. I know he's kind of worried about that. Like he well, goes, like see the guy that they. they they
0: showed in the movie that he said he doesn't know if he could make it and go back out.
1: Yeah. And okay. he, he, yeah, I just, I just want to put that out there because he's my he's my you know brother, and he he just feels kind of like how it was portrayed badly on him. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, he's he's like, but there's no context given. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and
0: there's no like time component to anything that's going on. You just watch the movie. Like you said, all this started around zero five zero six or whatever. So at this point,
1: how long had this been going on? Uh well, it felt very short. It felt like you know time flies when you're having fun or when shit's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for me, it felt like like this is all happening within like five minutes. In reality, it's probably like this is still very very early in the battle. This is like within the first probably thirty minutes, maybe okay. maybe a little longer, maybe maybe the first hour. So, um, I, I just want like people to understand too, like you know, I even I kind of pausing, like me like Sarno came in, I just kind of like looked like. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, it took me a minute to understand. And, and like I said, I was just, I was all two seconds earlier preparing how I'm going to do my final stand. And I'm yeah. saying, told, like, no, we're going to push about. So, um, you know, all of us need just like a, a quick tactical pause to to reevaluate what the fuck's going on because no one knew what was going on. Um, so, like like I said, he was on the other side of the room with me. And so it wasn't like he was. He, yeah yeah all i'm trying to say he was he was he was not a coward in any, in any way shape or even for like a little half second he yeah. just needed a, he just need a breather to figure out collect his thoughts and then yeah. go from there yeah. jones yeah. just jumped up faster and like i said jones and all them just jumped up faster um but yeah so me greg um and knight we end up getting told to push out so we pushed out of the barracks because now we're trying to retake the, um, the base the cop and we go on the other side of Red platoon. So, cause it's on a, it's still kind of a hilly, but we're, like I said, we're on the very slope of a mountain. So, um, there's actually a little rain ditch there, which we used as like a trench for cover. And, um, so we all three are there for a half second, uh, firing back at the enemy up on the switchbacks at this point now, because now we're facing switchbacks. Um, then, uh, we found we we're supposed to be with this other element. Basically they're supposed to, you know, in, in, um, military drills, you know, one element goes up, one's providing cover, then they move up. They just keep like kind of like walking, walk up. That's what we were supposed to do. Uh, Again, I'm a private, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just getting told where I go. So I I push up a little bit to next to the defect, and then no one tells me to do anything, so I just stay there. I didn't know I was supposed to, again, push forward. I didn't have radio either, so we just stopped there. And then um, basically real push to the ECP, and then that was all he was able to do because my element was supposed to push further and we didn't. So, um, we kind of like reorganized from there and just okay, well, this is where we're going to draw our lines. This is what we got. This is what we're going to hold on to. So, we got kind of got redistributed. Um, I ran back. Uh, I was told to go back with somebody else to go get more ammo. Uh, I don't remember doing this, but Jones distinctly remembers me doing it because like I said, he was with an element uh, that pushed out. He was then on the wall throwing grenades. Just lobbing. His job was to throw grenades over the wall so anyone coming up We'll plus. i can do that that
0: sounds like my kind
1: of party right there well no he it. i could lob grenades all day he said he threw enough he said he said he threw enough grenades that day for a whole lifetime he's like he's done with grenades so <laughs> um yeah so he was there and when i was running by to get up some ammo and stuff like that to basically a like fortify that position i was at um i gave him a thumbs up and i was like yeah you know and he's just like I don't, I don't know why but he's like uh you know you can see that he felt better and you know because at that point i was starting to get into that that mode like hey this is just another tick we're gonna we're gonna be okay from here on out yeah um so yeah and then uh basically i'm, I'm just basically kind of going back and forth between the, the the our barracks wall and um the defect because i keep moving me back and forth from there and then uh so I'm, I'm either with knight or i'm with um greg uh i know at one point me and knight were all, along the um our barracks wall and the A&A were next to us and they like this is how bad they were like when you guys when we say they're the worst this is how bad they were I was the one closest to them and I had to grab one pick him up tell him to shoot and point to where he needed to shoot and then grab the second one sit him up tell him to shoot too. by the first one's finally shooting the third one I couldn't reach so he just stayed crouched the whole time by the time I look to take two or three shots they're both sitting back down so
0: as I said it's it's a very low bar yeah.
1: Low no. But yeah, so it's it very, it's very irritating. Um, that's who the last were we're dealing with. That's why they were throwing them out there to get them to fight because it is their country. It's, we're there to help and support them. Right. It's very, fu- very, very uh, irritating. So um, yeah, so we're doing this back and forth. Um, I swear that I saved Knight's life. Knight will not say he's. I saved his life because um, sometime doing this back and forth, they dropped some uh, bombs and it was awesome they dropped one on top of the switchbacks and the blast was really cool and it was like wow you know could you stop for a second just look at it like whoa and all of a sudden you start seeing the shrapnel go through the tree because there's a tree above us and then i was like oh shit and then i i grabbed him he says i did not grab him he said he ducked by himself like i i'm gonna say i grabbed him because i'm on here right now so (laughs) i'm a fucking liar but i don't care. So, um. Yeah, I pulled him down and a uh, rock went into the wall where his head was. So I was like, see, I saved your life. He's like, no, dude, I got it down myself. <laughs> but like I said, I am going to claim it because I feel like hey, it. it's official now. You said it. He's not exactly. Here. So it's all Exactly. History. Done. Done. So, um, yeah, so like I said, it was, was kind of crazy like that. Um, and I kind of just stayed there for the rest of the, the battle for the most part, just back and forth, back and forth. Um, we found one of the Blue Button members, members, uh, Pirate Rogers. Kind of like coming around, he's like, "Uh, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing?" Because he was coming around from the uh, defects so We pulled him in, um, and he was helping us provide it for the rest of time. We got to mess with nods because by then it was starting to get dark. Oh, actually, before it got dark, um, the a- or the uh, insurgents lit the NA side of the camp on fire. So we needed someone to cut down a tree, and Carter cut down a tree, which almost fell on me and night. So we were very upset about that. And then instead of cutting it, because he cut the wrong way. So instead of falling into the fire, it fell and created a bridge. So did he cut uh, the, the tree down before they show him leave the vehicle? to? No, this is after. So he's, uh, he was stuck in the vehicle. So he's back with us. Um, and he's like, we were like, we need someone to cut down the tree. And he cut down the wrong way and it made a bridge. So then our, our, our talk got caught on fire. Our tactical Operations Command Center, whatever. <laughs> Acronyms, um, yeah. So then our barracks became the new talk, and I'll explain why this is important later in a second. But yeah, so we were upset because he almost dropped a tree on us, so we pushed back out to the uh, defect That's where we stayed because we had no spot anymore because it's fucking under a tree. Um, my buddy Wong, you know, because he lost the talk now, so he's gone around giving people ammo and food. So he brought me food, uh, running around. He, so it's just he's just supporting everybody that way. Yeah. Um, as best as you can, and um, so yeah, I was just there. Got dark. Played with nods. Um, then let's see. Yeah, then that's kind of like it. That's kind of my my part for the most part. I'm, there's like those little little stories that happen here and there, and, but um. So we're really got past-
0: about, about twelve total hours.
1: Yeah, for, for the most part, uh, because I kept talking, saying like just at uh, you know, at night that twilight again hours they said oh yeah they're gonna come down they finally got qrf and 10th Mountain guys and we're like cool um but they didn't make it down to like if i remember right like 10 o'clock at night maybe a little later that was the qrf yeah from uh from
0: reaction force so yeah they do show them and it's like nothing's there like dudes running away
1: no no that's not what happened so i talked to so someone else who was with qrf was uh uh specialist kugler was his name at the time uh he told me that it was just a bunch of days, guys, from that bomb that dropped. Okay. Because that, like I said, the, the air support did come on kind of later. To me, it felt like halfway through the battle. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, once they were there, it, it it did push them back and, and helped us give them that breathing room so we could actually maintain what we had. Um, we did not stop firing though, so uh, we were fighting throughout the whole time still and receiving concrete. But by the time they were walking down. They said they were just super dazed, and some of their their guys would just walk up to these guys that were dazed, and you know, um, get them. Then, you know, they could just walk up and, and, and shoot them. So, it wasn't uh, it wasn't hard for them to come down. <laughs> At least. But yeah, they made it down finally. It just it just the switchbacks. So it just makes it very time consuming. Um, once they were down, um, we we're we pushed out already a l- before they got here to collect everybody up that passed away except for Hart, Hart was um mia missing in action at the time that's what he was declared. so there's still hope that he was still around but most of us knew it probably wasn't going to happen just because just of no contact with them and knowing Hart who he is he would have he would have been back with us by then you know there, there's no answers to butts um so they got there and like within two like when they're trying to organize people to help look for him um Somebody found him, and they brought him back through. And then again, uh, he was actually brought through the part where I was defending from. So he he was brought right next to me. And so um, yeah, but um, but yeah. From there, uh, I ended up having to pull back from the. Um, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I had to pull back. Yeah, it's just my phone's at at twenty uh, percent. Um, I should have charged it. I'm, I'm dumb, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. So the fire finally spread. So it was kind of like a I don't know a weird campfire feeling for me. I don't know how the other guys felt about it. But it was kind of like to end the whole night. It was kind of like okay, now the the defect's on fire. It's like a campfire.
0: And the, were you guys responsible for? Fires, or I mean, because I was,
1: no, that was it. remember I was saying the Taliban, the insurgents set fire on the ANI yeah, side of the car to cut you the tree down the wrong way. That had to burn out, or what? Uh, we well, we didn't really have any firefighting uh, That's figured, like tools. <laughs> so but we started digging and pulling everything out as best we can. Uh, unfortunately, for Blue Platoon, they lost almost everything. So, um, they you know, they try to get so.
0: Yeah, they said there's what 79 Americans, so that was you and blue
1: no, uh, there's 53 Americans.
0: Okay, yeah, I feel th- there's just bad information on the internet. What a shock! Okay, so yeah, and it was all your
1: platoon, and then a few members from Blue Platoon were there as well. Uh, no, it was both of our planes. So the way it worked was uh, so there's three platoons red, white, and blue, and the green, which is the mortarman and headquarters element. so platoon okay. was on uh, the OP at the time, so uh, down at the COP was blue and red. Uh, so yeah. so, it was just, so um, that's what i saying. So for one week, one platoon was doing patrols; the other platoon was doing um, guard shifts. And then what we where we broke it up was whoever did. That's that's why, I, like I say, it was really nice the first couple months because if you're doing patrols, you only had to do one patrol. The other squad would do this, the other patrol. So you got. A lot of time to relax, you know, lift weights, um, whatever.
0: I mean, that's all I ever did when I was deployed. Yeah.
1: I should have, but I played video games instead and bullshit uh, I'm
0: not su- knowing you, army dude. I am not surprised. It's not your thing. it's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody is, uh, you know, wants to spend all their time in the gym. That's fine.
1: Well, there's it was crowded. Okay, I know. Well,
0: no, I get it. So look, let me let me just back. Let me go back to 2003 when we went into Iraq, and we literally, I can probably say this now, it was 17 years ago, we literally made up a troop ticket to get us outside of the gate to go to a fob that had a TV so we could buy that TV for our PlayStation 2. Okay? Because there were no TVs, we'd already burned through three of them because of the dust. So I get it. We just wanted to play Madden in 2004. So I got you, bro. I understand.
1: Appreciate yeah, someone came back with an Xbox and we were very happy with movies and we we're like, I, I, that's what we're I, 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 doing.
0: I okay, so you wrapped up so, yeah. essentially about twelve to fourteen hours of what that was, right? Give or take. yeah when, pretty much when did the you like when did you know it's like, all right,
1: it's over, let's we're done. That's what I was saying, like the fire was kind of like, okay, it's over. That's basically it. Because the, by the time, like I said, the QRF, they just saw a bunch of people that were dazed and confused um, walking through. And they're just finishing them off. Um, the fire was there. The last big thing of the fire was like the final thing. There was a grenade that was by the fire pit. So we got all kind of like put up some sandbags around it. And we're just waiting for it to blow up to kind of like signal the end of the day. Um, the uh, Tenth Mountain guys slowly started replacing all of us. Um, and then we went to sleep. Uh, I got woken up, got told to go back to the ECP for my guard shift. Cause we were told to go back on guard. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Of because why not? So, <laughs> Yeah.
0: And That's then so at
1: much. this point too, like, I, they're like, when you are in the military, there's like two things you're afraid of. You're really going to be afraid of snipers. You're going to be afraid of indirect fires or like the unknown explosion, you know, IEDs. Yeah. I'm not afraid of explosions. I don't care about that stuff. What I'm afraid of is snipers. Like I said, he almost got me and he got, you know, one of our heroes that we were looked up to. So, <laughs> what i did because at this time my 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 little my little cave around me that, that like i said the plywood that protected me on top cover was knocked over uh so it was just just a gun and open space so i was like fuck no so i dug a little hole in it and i just used that and had my hand above me so like you know looking around it like that because i'm like i'm fuck this shit now I went from that, and then within five minutes, I saw some lights coming down. Uh, so I called it up, and Sergeant Stan was on the radio. Um, and he was like, hey, don't worry. I got you. Uh, we got Spectre gunship in the area. I was like, what? I'm oh, like, yeah, look up. So I looked up, and I see the shadow of it. Yeah. yeah. And it blew up the mountainside. Uh, so I was like, oh, fuck ass. Yes. Because I'm, I'm one of those guys, like, I don't want to die, but if I know whoever kills me is going to die, then I'm a little bit happier. So after I found out there's a gunship there, I stuck, you know, I, I actually went back up there and st- st- stood regularly. I'm like, if you shoot me, you're going to die. So mm. it's fucking on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so it, it ended up being fine. Um, we were all good. I, obviously, I'm awake now. I come back into my barracks room. Like I said, I was, don't come back to it. I was hoarding um, the chef Bardis, and I hid them. Mm. Come back from I found my stash. I was really pissed off. Someone ate my chef already.
0: Hey, that's understandable. That that is a uh, uh, it's a reasonable it's a reasonable reason to go. Yeah, you can go. Sure. There's a lot of fighting in the movie amongst you guys, so I figured this was nothing more than just another reason for you guys to uh, do some naked wrestling or something or whatever it is you guys were doing all day.
1: Speaking of fighting, actually, I should probably put this in there because my, my buddy Knight, this is like his favorite story of that that time we were there. So. They're playing spades and all, all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a fucking Sudoku out here on your truck. Of course, you would do a Sudoku army, dude. Yeah. That doesn't uh, surprise absolutely. me either. Yeah.
0: You're So on brand. Your brand hasn't changed. I like it. I appreciate the authenticity.
1: Of course. <laughs> my rule. So um, they wanted to play spades and they wanted a chair. And I was like, no, I'm not getting up. They're like, dude, don't be a dick. And I'm like, fuck y'all. So like, oh, really? Sergeant Sand's a big guy. And he picked <laughs> me up and threw me across the room. So we. And then I went back to my room and I did my sit-up there. But uh, so <laughs> it is Knight's favorite story to tell people about me. One of them. So I figured I'd just throw that in there too for him. So I saved his life. I'll put that story for him.
0: Okay. So there we are. <laughs> All right. You've now been thrown out. The battle is over. This was October 3rd. When did you actually go
1: home? Uh no. So well, that's actually not everything too. So keep going.
0: Fine. So
1: that's the end of the battle part, right? So we were there for at Keating for another two days, three nights. So cause you know with uh in Islam you have to bury your dead within three days. So it was getting kind of tense with uh, a because that's where all these servers were. They're like, we want to come get your bodies. We said, fuck, no, you come near us. We're going to kill you. Like, we're not playing that. You're not going to sneak up on us.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so we got, we went to sleep again. we got really pissed off because 10th mountain guys shot off a bunch of uh, RBK and AKs and whatnot. And they had a very distinct sound, um, versus, you know, U S weapons.
0: Right. And,
1: so we thought we were in an attack again. So we all rushed out, and then they started laughing at us. We're like, fuck you guys. So we were very upset with them. Went back to sleep, woke up, and then we we're like, we want to shoot these things. And they told us no. So to this day, I have yet to shoot an AK. So I'm really upset about that. And not only that, like, my buddy will, will say, too, because at the time, I wasn't very big in into firearms. I, like, I, you know, I'm from California. I went shooting. Mostly I shot was, like, a bunch of little twenty twos, nothing... Very big. Thought you were in the army, um, but he was—he he recognized all of them. He was like, "No, wow!" Like they had Lee Enfields, which were worth like two thousand dollars at the time. From you know the Anglo-Afghan uh, Wars, they had really good SKSs. They had all these really expensive weapons in the United States, and like we weren't allowed to take any of them home. Like I, we were like we were just talking about it the other night while I was talking with them. Like they should just let us like, like plug them the barrels up or something like that, or or whatever, and just take them home. You know as a trophy um yeah so,
0: we're not allowed to have fun you know that
1: exactly we were like that's why i was pissed like every other generation they always bring stuff back we didn't get to bring anything back um hey look yeah, so so um, my girl's
0: grandfather has his uh what was it the m1 that they were issued in world war ii like yeah you know i was fortunate to go in oif one during the invasion in Iraq. And I at least got some Iraqi, you know, some uniforms. I ain't got a helmet somewhere. But that was before all the, the garrison rules showed up and it's, you know, the war trophy thing, like you said and all.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, so well, I was, if anything, your unit was probably able to take it home and put it into their unit museum.
1: Yeah, I, I think they did take a couple to their unit museum, like you said. But yeah, yeah we didn't get to do anything. I didn't get to shoot anything. So I was very, very no upset.
0: Fun. No fun league.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that went on for like another two nights. They did come in and take the bodies. Um, the second night, so we we went there. We took uh, some of our uh, good or what we had left of large uh, ABX and B bags and stuff like that for the deployments, and we we sent that off with the the, the second truck that came out after the, uh, they picked up our dead, and then. Um, we had to wait again because uh, the flights were long. Like I said, and they're only sending like two choppers at a time. Um, they came back the third night. So, um,
0: were you guys? Hold on, not to interrupt, but were you guys flying to Bagram? Uh,
1: no, we're going Take to out. Uh, Bostic.
0: Bostic. Okay, and then to Bagram? No, Bostic. Are you guys left country from Bostic?
1: No, we we just. All we did was go from Keen to Bostic, and we stayed in Bostic for the rest of the deployment. Oh, wow. I came home because that's what's going on our. But that okay. was in for a couple of weeks. So how much longer?
0: So, how much longer was your unit there at Bostic
1: until May of next year? Jesus,
0: that's crazy because that was October. So another seven months, basically. Mm-hmm. And was there anything significant after that for them up there, or was it all pretty mellow?
1: Uh, in Keating or at Bostic?
0: No, at Bostic. Because you already said stuff happened at No, stores.
1: no. More stuff happened at Bostic. More, more stories. Um,
0: it's fucking nuts, man. I just. Like, I get it. You have to. Like, it sucks. And that's a bad way of saying it. But it does suck that you guys, during your rotation, were a part of this. But just because it happened in, like, I don't know, month three of your rotation doesn't mean your rotation's over, right? Like, you still got to, you know, Charlie Mike, continue mission, right?
1: We, we got replacements and go from there. So, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, so, we, we like I said, we were just kind of like that. Um, the night we were so – when they are going to finally take us, right, which I was kind of confused, they took QRF first and took them out, out of Keating first. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, they're the freshest of people right. that they laid first. I'm like, you come in after everything's over, you shoot the fun guns, don't let us shoot the fun guns, and you leave first? Like, what the fuck? Um, and then, as they're going through Rebel Tune, which had the heaviest casualties, was on the last chalk, and with the colonel. They tried telling us, I remember this, because I was close enough to the colonel, they're not going to come back and pick us up, because it's too close to daylight time. They're like, we're not going to fly out again. And he's like, fuck no, you're not going to leave me here with the most depleted platoon alone for another day when, you know, like this is getting on to day three. They're going to come in and take their bodies one way or another to bear their dead. So yeah. They came back and I was joking with my buddy. I'm like, hey, I bet you someone's going to fall over running to the chopper and someone did. And I guess you can probably guess who that was. This guy.
0: <laughs> not
1: once, but <or> twice. <laughs> I fell um also i broke my watch and then for the rest of the deployment i never was able to keep a watch for more than like two weeks maybe they would always break on me like fucking so because i used to be wearing watches all the time my dad used to collect watches so i had a pretty good selection of watches to wear and i just i don't wear them anymore because they all break it sucks but uh yeah so then uh they picked us up we came back um they gave us some more clothes and some sleeping bags and we kind of kicked out the MPs that were there. We're like, we're sleeping in here. So that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we were at Bostick for a little bit. Um, we did a couple of our reports real fast. Uh, they quick saw the chaplain real fast. All the, all the normal stuff after something like that would happen. Um, and then they came up to me and Greg and said, hey, um, you know, we're doing the memorial service, but we know that you guys were supposed to leave like two weeks ago for your leave. Which one do you want to do? And I took my leave um, and stayed take the memorial, which is why uh, another thing I'm kind of regretful for. But I just kind of needed to get away for a little bit. Obviously, I think everyone did. Um, but yeah, so I came home uh, and yeah, hang out with my wife, be with her, and uh, get cuddles. i
0: I like your wife she's good people
1: yeah she's a great cook
0: i know it has been a while since she's cooked like for us at least what's what's going on is she there is she there now (laughs) i feel you're looking (laughs) Um, I, i just remember there was some like exchange you sent me many months ago like oh Sarinski's gonna love all this cooking i'm gonna do and it's never really happened so i'm just curious she cooked
1: a know. couple times that's because Co still hasn't given me his korean this food this is true she did say that she's holding out until Co gets her Korean food so that's <laughs> fair okay, okay
0: all right so the battle has ended all right so now this now i want to go back because now that I, I want you to address as best as you can based on, you know, if you, if you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about or, or because you just weren't involved in that situation. just This is just some of the stuff I wrote down from the movie. And I think it may tie in with some of the things you said. I think you mentioned that, like, there was – they showed f- some stuff that happened before you guys were actually there, like it was a different unit.
1: Yeah, so – Captain
0: Keaton rollover? Was that part of you guys? Was Captain Keaton ever your commander or was that before
1: you? No, no. So, so the first – three commanders uh, from, from Keating all the way to Bowder or whatever his wow. name was. Yeah. Um, that was not us. However, well, I'll not say that because I don't know if he sued them or did something to make sure his name wasn't in there, but we did have a commander prior to Captain Portis. So, um,
0: so the Captain yeah.
1: Keating rollover was before you ever showed up. Yeah, every everything between, like, there's certain things that we did that were, like, like, obviously, characters uh scuza who was a good friend of mine um you know obviously St. Romoche, St. kirk all those guys all of them are were part of us i don't know who younger was i, I don't know who that was um so i can't i can't talk on that but all that most that other stuff wasn't us
0: yeah i mean i assume well mainly because i know you saw the movie before i did when you said that i was like okay but then when i watched it i was like well there's no way that this was Cobb keating and Captain Keating was your commander, that just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. And I was like, I get how naming things, or naming rights take place. Anyway, so anyway, here's the other thing I thought. So there's two scenes where they have guys playing guitar, and I was wondering, like, was that your song, Army Dude, that they were? No,
1: that wasn't the song that <laughs> Jones made up. Um Is that who that guy was supposed to be then? Was that supposed to be them or him? I think so. I think that's what it was, except for, Jones was playing in our barracks, not because I think they were in the mortar platoon barracks when they were doing that. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he was in our barracks and he, he was the one that played. Um, but while you're saying what that other stuff that, that happened, uh, the second captain that died on the bridge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I used to run across that bridge and hop on it like a trampoline. Cause I thought it was fun. Cause like, you got to find little simple things that are fun. Yeah. I've done that. If I knew that's what happened, just want to put that out there.
0: So that happened
1: while you were there? That was- no, no, that didn't. I didn't know about it. But my buddy Greg, apparently he knew about it because we were talking about it. Because uh, He hasn't seen it either. I was talking about that scene uh, and he's like, oh yeah, I heard about that. That's why, if you notice, I always stepped in the same spot and I ran as fast as I could across that bridge versus me, who was just, you know, having a little fun and bouncing on the bridge. seeing yeah, it would yeah. break.
0: And that's what I brought up while watching the movie. Like, you know, my daughter was watching with me, my girl's watching with me, and I'm like, look at this country because I remember stuff like that yeah that's fucking fun no one's out there having fun in that damn country get out the rivers have some fun you might like your life a little more if you just have some fun in the fucking river you got a rope bridge going across I don't know if that was true or not you said did you go over that bridge
1: yeah I went over and it was 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 was.
0: like that that river and everything was there
1: some of those people don't care though like the animals in Afghanistan especially in in Nuristan like they live forever like we so we're not allowed to have pets you know so that scene with the dog that was us okay. uh, except for it didn't happen like that it was on the switchbacks we were it was one blue platoon because uh for the first three months blue platoon was uh OP frittery and they switched with white so while they're coming down griffin was very very attached to that dog so i forget who they had in the movie that was super attached to the dog but it was griffin it was basically griffin's dog uh and unfortunately our commander prior to captain portis like I said they didn't put his name in it so I'm not, I'm not going to put his name in it but uh you know he didn't want it down here cuz they do carry fleas and, and we yeah. were having yeah. issues with fleas that so we had to, yeah. supposed to have an exterminator come in um and kill them cuz they it, it was just bad and so uh they tried to shoot it it didn't die they tried to use a pistol didn't die shoot in the head didn't die used the uh, uh the rifle still didn't die I don't I forget was next to us next to me so we were like holding him back and like dude just calm down just calm down i'm sorry um i don't know if they, they cut its throat finally to kill it or or it just finally died from gunshot wounds but they shot it several times trying to kill it and it just would not die you know when we were first there too when i was on the ecp i saw the, the family like a child fall in the river and get taken down the rapids and they just keep walking like nothing happened like
0: yeah, these nah, are very hard.
1: I've seen this. fucking Kuwait in
0: the highways. You know, the the way people drive there. You got toddlers sitting on people's laps, and oh, even in Afghanistan. Like, look, the re- the respect for life is very different from the United States perspective and the rest of the world. Let's just leave it at that. Um, okay, so that was real, like the the bridge, the river, all that stuff. Okay, so the next thing I got written down on here, so. Captain Broward was he your commander at some point or no? No, that was before
1: you. Yeah, I don't know who Captain Broward is. Like i was saying, um, is that
0: guy. You think that guy was real or is that just for fucking the movie? Because um, he had a great role. I mean, you know, so of that.
1: we had we had a commander. Like I said, Captain Brower in the movie did did order the dog die. The previous commander, to Captain Porters that we had, did do that. And there were some other certain things that happened that the other like i said hit the previous commander that i had when i got there the first one i had his name wasn't mentioned so Uh, yeah, yeah
0: there's some hollywood got it okay um and so then the next big thing i i just remember because this was very similar to my experience on you know in kabul when being at this small base so you have that scene where the interpreter's coming in and it's his warning and he's like this is this is it right and everyone's just like Dude, you say this every week.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't the interpreter. It was the a uh, and uh, officer that I told you that he's the one that ran up. However, the Terp did run through. We called him Ron Jeremy because he looked like an Afghan version of Ron Jeremy. and he, he loved that joke. He would tell me this joke about his wife, how she was trying to get with him. He was like, I'm tired, so he'd just roll over and fart on her, and then she'd leave him alone. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, he was a good guy. Uh, he was hiding in the shitter. as where they found him. Um,
0: yeah, the AMP guy or the interpreter?
1: The interpreter. It's a good spot. So, I guess. No one's going to look there, right? Was, well, we were surprised because, um, like the, there was a conics next to the shitters. Um, that was the, the shower or the, uh, mat, and that had holes going through it. Um, so Sergeant Martin tried to get cover from it and it didn't work. Uh, and so he, he that's where they found him uh, after everything was said and done. So, yeah. uh, for Ron Jeremy to survive in this year, that's why I was kind of surprised. Because even it showed you, too, with, with in the movie Mace and Gallegos running behind the shitters um, to get there. So you saw that they were shooting at that area very heavily, um, and yet Ron Jeremy was A-OK. So. All
0: So, right. So uh, the next thing I have on here, I know you, you, you kind of talked about the ANA, the Afghan National Army. So how many of them were actually on the, the, the cop with you?
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember because I did count them one time because I just wanted to figure out how many were there. Uh, I, I want to say it was like a platoon size element, I don't know, like 15, 20, 30 of them. And they were just, oh my God. They, they just MIA the whole time, huh? They'd come and go, yeah. That's why I like, tried counting them one time. See how many were there because we did do a control with them and the Latvians. Um, we just got really annoyed and kind of did our own thing after a while. Because laughing, like these guys. But, but during
0: that battle, they, they,
1: they ran away. They ran away. Yeah. You can, you, if you look at that Taliban video, like I was telling you about, you'll see them running by, giving thumbs up, and keep on running. They're lucky, though, that we didn't see that until after we came back to the States because uh, when we were on Bostic, we ran into some of them. One of them I kind of recognized, and he was trying to act all tough with us. And we almost got into an altercation with them until uh, our platoons aren't. Uh, who was working as the, um, the liaison for, for DNA, uh, kind of told us, like, hey, just, just let it be. Just let it be. We don't need another incident. So, but, yeah. If we would have saw that, we wouldn't give a shit. We would beat the shit out of them.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's why I go back to saying, like,
1: it's a fucking low bar, unfortunately. Yeah. We liked some of them. Like, we had one guy, RPG guy, um he was always he was always calling like douche man and like pointing up to the sky and we're like yeah douche and then he's like rpg he's like we're like yeah rpg and he, he'd like get ready to shoot so uh, like we had to like pass around the camp like don't agree with him saying douche and pointing unless there is actually an enemy there because he will fire that thing he will not hesitate And he was always high he's always high as shit like their plants would grow up to like you know really really high Okay, and so that leads me to so who was the lieutenant in the movie?
0: Was was that guy your XO or was he Lieutenant
1: XO? Bunderman was my PL.
0: So that he was the one that took over during that, or was that kind of made? Yeah. yeah. So who? Yeah. What was his name? Lieutenant Bunderman. Butterman. Hmm? What, what? What's what's his deal now? Is he still in or what's?
1: Uh, no, basically, just about everybody got out um so from my platoon uh that was there that day uh uh greg he's a staff sergeant as well um he's still in and i'm still in and then sergeant larson i he went aviation i think he's with the guard now flying with the guard um i think that's
0: it i mean the lt is uh he's Probably portrayed outside of you know the two Medal of Honor winners, like that guy was. They made him look like a fucking rock star. Was was that legit or?
1: Uh, I don't know. He was he was in the dark. Well, I figured because I, that's why
0: I say like I, I bring these questions up because you you probably had zero interaction with him that day because you were know, in PFC. He was a lieutenant, but yeah, I mean it looked like he was the one who stepped in and kind of took charge of everything within the talk, and I I, I felt like without reading the books, which I, I know I need to do, but just watching the movie, I felt
1: like he, I mean, the dude did a great job. Yeah, yeah, um, like for my, my buddy Wong, like I said, he was in the talk for that time. He said he was doing uh, a pretty good job as best he could, obviously, yeah. uh, with what he had. And uh, him and Sergeant Roe worked really well together. Sergeant Roe Mache, uh, they work really well together. So, you know, that's that has lots to do with it too. Uh, Lieutenant room was pretty cool. We messed with him a lot, too. Like, uh, I think it was on his birthday, I think. Raz grabbed a goat, kidnapped a goat, and put it in there. His uh, bed. Um, we tried to scare him with some... Uh, we, we caught some of these, like... We call them camel spiders, but I don't think they're real camel spiders. They're, like, just giant, hairy ones yeah. that we finally got. They look like they're still alive when they're dead. They don't curl up like normal spiders spider. spider too. you. And know, when they're, like, like that, they're still... looking like they're pounce. So we just put a bunch of dead ones around his bed and, like... In the entryway, to scare him. So, you know, we had fun.
0: Yeah, he, he looked like he. Well, I mean, in the movie at least, and you say the, the stuff you say, it, it sounded like he was. Hey, obviously, he's a good sport, but he was one of, the, one of the. I guess he was he was an officer that that fit in. Yeah, that that'd be fair. Like he, he you know he, he took his role serious, but at the same time he knew how to. to endear himself to you guys and
1: be a part uh, of the yeah yeah I would I would say that.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I mean like I said they 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 paint him in a great light so I, I just I'm glad that that's actually how it was. Uh, then so the next another officer. But who is that I guess they, they were showing him as the medic, but he was a captain. So I assume he was Camp
1: Cordova. Okay.
0: Is that the guy we, who told me about? We were talking about yeah okay.
1: So what was what was um, He was just really cool. I didn't I didn't interact with him too much, because um, like, I'm one of those guys who just kind of stick with whoever's next to him. So I just kind of mostly got out with my team uh, originally. But he was really good. Guy. Every every interaction I ever had with him, he was he was fantastic. Um, he was the one that told me um, that told people like uh, uh he, he used to be a uh, ER surgeon in um, Miami, and he was just kind of like done putting gather gangbangers, you know, either when we want to put together, like if I'm going to put someone together from a, a gunshot wound, it's going to be someone who's protecting somebody, which is why he joined the military, from from my understanding.
0: Oh, no, that's great. Now that you say that, I do remember you telling me a lot about him. Um, but seeing him represented there, I felt like he was a... Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I look at that fob and who was on it, and who it from the side, and just, like, you guys were... Very fucking lucky, man. Cause what what are the odds of you having a fucking a surgeon? You know what I mean? Like, in the, on that small fob, like it's not high, but the fact that he was there, that probably definitely helped out a lot. Whether you know it at the time or not, it's just not common. Most of even where I was, but, you know, small fob downtown Kabul and a 3 command, and we may have. Had mostly enlisted medic, you know, a couple of NCOs, I day, but I don't remember an officer, you know. Well, which, you know, it's like it, that wasn't there. So the fact that you guys had it, I think you guys were very fortunate.
1: I think I think the command did understand too that we were very remote. You know, like they said in the movie. Like we had vehicles. I even asked, them, like, why do we have vehicles here? Like, if they were using the road before, why don't we keep using the road? And they're like, oh, it was because we got ambushed so many times on the road. We just canceled it. We yeah. just said, fuck, it's, it's not worth it. So because of that and the fact that we were out of artillery range, like, you can't deny the fact that, hey, we're out of our artillery range. We didn't really have a good OP to, to overwatch us. That's probably why they gave us an officer with us. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, we needed one. So... so-
0: yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, I get that. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but at the same time, I still feel like, at, at least that was one of the few smart things they did by, by giving you that. Interview. So, I know you say you were woken up in the middle of it, but I, I'm just curious, like, you, you went through your 12 hours of just that. How long did you sleep when you finally got a chance? Like, did you just, like, how long did that happen? Because I went through some stuff that's not even remotely close to the, the level. of I would never pretend to have experienced that. But anytime we had anything where you just fight from adrenaline or whatever, when you finally get back and get a chance to sleep and it's uninterrupted, I remember days I, remember hours. I,
1: I think um, that's one thing that was cool with the 10th Mountain guys. I did less sleep for a while. Um, so other than going to Chicago, sh- I think I got you know a normal amount of sleep. You know, uh, five okay. eight hours. Um, and just
0: so went back woke up the
1: next day were you just like
0: what do we do
1: now or did, were, were you um, were
0: no. you aware of how big of a deal that was or did it take yeah.
1: a while? But, no no uh, we were aware aware sorry Uh yeah. we took a a, a photo which like if you look at Rep Patoon's book you'll see the the photo in there on yeah, um, the goofy one that has everything strapped on I don't look cool like everyone else has a helmet <laughs> off We're doing a cool guy photo I'm just Just sitting there. Um, I didn't think about doing cool guy pose. I should have. But whatever. Anyways. um, But yeah. No, it was uh, was like a normal day kind of thing. Like not normal, normal, obviously. But we went around. um, We did do a patrol into the village again to see the damage to kind of do like damage report on it. Um, uh, Blue Batoon went into the village. A couple of guys. We went to do Overwatch. So actually, what kind of blew my mind was the the, seeing the, the fighting positions they had made during that day. And what they were seeing, because like a lot of the trees are blown over, we actually found people alive inside the the village. Like those little huts that they make are are really 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 sturdy. Like that the the sure building that I was in, yes, a round did come through, but as many hit rounds that that building took, you know, it's just amazing that these these buildings were still saying, It's just stone, you know. I was protected by plywood, which is like wow, when I, plywood, I want to buy plywood when I buy a house, I want to get plywood put for over my windows for a storm shelter or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah we did a patrol uh we did guard shifts uh we collected stuff uh we collected um went you know obviously checking the enemy dead i found one of their their prayer breeds i gave it to the interpreter to give it to the EMM. um interpreter was like fuck that guy because you know he almost got killed too so he's like fuck that dude try to kill me i'm like well all right whatever um but you know i uh you know like they say like. A lot of people find religion in battle. I, I definitely found mine that day. Um, like I said, I was positive that I three times. All I was praying for is just to come back, see my wife and, and my daughter born. Yep. So, and now I have four kids, so.
0: <laughs> you have definitely been uh, making up for lost time, so that's good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, and then so I, guess, I think really the last question I have on here is uh, you've seen the movie now. Obviously, you're still in touch with a lot of the guys from that unit. What's what's kind of been the reception amongst everybody with the movie? Accurate?
1: So accurate, or
0: what?
1: Some of them seen it, some of them haven't. Some of them refused to it because, like, like I appreciate and I, I think everyone like when I was talking to the guys, I think they do appreciate the fact that they are putting our names out there. But it's the fact that that they combined all the units together, so some of the guys from the previous units, like like uh, Captain Keating's unit, uh, the other captains' units. Uh, everything that they went through as well um, they're a little upset because the focus was obviously on 361 Right. you know not the units and so they didn't get the representation that they deserved uh, necessarily and so that was kind of like everyone's everyone's feeling about it. so like uh, I was saying I got how I look at it is as a war movie it is a great war movie I don't know why people compare it to Kurt Locker because that's a horrible war movie but Hurt uh Locker
0: is an awful
1: word. Exactly. But the someone Hurt did say
0: the worst movie ever made. It's the most non or it's the most unrealistic movie I've ever seen in my life. And it's yeah. absolutely terrible. And for the Hurt Locker to win a Oscar is just a reflection of what the Oscar actually means, which is nothing. Because it's a horrible movie. So I just but, wanna, uh, I just want to put that out there. I'm I, I don't know how long this will stay on the internet. But as long as anyone ever actually finds this, I want them to get through, and, what are we like We're at an hour and 30 minutes. If they can at least come to this point and hear me say, and you say as well, that The Hurt Locker is a terrible movie. The Hurt Locker is a terrible movie. There's not a thing in that movie that's real. And I just, I'm gonna look at the camera and say that. The Hurt Locker not is not real. real. All right, anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but someone did compare it to Black Hawk Down, which was a pretty good movie. Actually <laughs> a good movie. yes. Yeah. Now, but I would like to get compared for modern movie. It's like if it got and compared. Well, and I think Replatoon, when it comes out, if, if they still come out because one of the things I saw they said they might not do it because Outpost did come out. I don't think so. It, a, it has a much larger budget because that Outpost had a, a really small budget. So it, they produced a great quality movie with a B slash C budget. It, I mean, there's not a lot. I think that
0: they really you really need a budget. To show that, but I don't know what Replatoon would cover. Maybe it covers more of what you guys did, or you know, a backstory about getting there, going home, all that stuff. Maybe it just covers more of your deployment. But I feel like for that battle,
1: it it, it went well. That's that's what Replatoon Platoon Rep will be a lot better because it will be able to uh, cover the battle more with a bigger budget. You can actually follow the actors and you can cut the scenes. And stuff. With a bit larger budget, you're able to edit the scenes and stuff like that. Because, um, exactly. like when I was reading the reviews, that was one of the biggest complaints is character development and stuff like that. One of my biggest beefs with that movie is actually, so Faulkner, like I said, uh, I didn't say, uh, yeah, I did say, I was Blue Platoon first, right? Faulkner was my roommate. He was my best friend, one of my best friends. And um, I, I just, there was no reason to put him in there uh, for getting busted for marijuana. Like there's certain things like, yeah, it's the truth that happened, yeah. but there was no point in saying that, especially for a movie where they're just uh, dancing
0: end of the day man it's hollywood right so it's, it's you know there's yeah there's there, there you, you never know the external forces on messaging or whatever needs to be in a movie so
1: yeah no i not understand that part it's just that, that's,
0: that, that is not yeah i mean that shit does happen obviously people fuck up whether it's in stateside garrison or if it's why they're deployed but what what was the relevant
1: exactly <laughs> and then like there was no like i said it didn't develop any of the other characters more yeah. you know so those does just kind of upset me about that uh movie the most but like i said for for us that have been there a lot of inaccuracies a lot of uh, combining stuff uh a lot of so you know and there's there's people in the group that just like hey i'm just happy that the voice that our, our uh, voices were heard and i'm happy that it's just out there and they're just that that's all they cared about other guys, they were like, well, I would like a better representation. And that's kind of what it boiled down to. And that's why I said with Red Platoon, I think it would be a great representation for mm-hmm. us in Bravo Troop 361. Uh, because again, you're going to have a lot larger budget. You're going to have a lot more time to develop the story, to get those little nuances of the, the stupid stuff that we were doing. Like I was saying, the song, my song, maybe, maybe it'll show up in there. I don't know. Um, or, um, me getting thrown across the room, probably will get put in there because that's pretty funny. Getting thrown across, little, little man getting thrown across the room, you know. But I got to say too, uh, we, we fought a lot, right? And I, one of my nicknames, especially at Bostic. we fought a lot because I had the top bunk, Spider-Man. So every time people come in and there's a fight, I would just jump in. And whoever's losing, I just switched to the team and fight. And everyone hated me because I was like, lot onto to people that couldn't get me off. So
0: because
1: awesome. I was small, this man can't fight. So, <laughs> not against a giant man like freaking Lawrence Dan. He's He's really, really big
0: yeah so but no i do i i I mean i don't know what the last article how recent it was i read i mean i did read that they were making that movie so hopefully they do um but as you already know there's a some weird shit going on right now in the world that's kind of holding movies yeah (laughs) but anyway i i feel like the last thing i'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about is we all know you were a Cav scout and the Cav Scouts get a bad rap, but I don't know of an infantry unit who's got a movie about them from Afghanistan yet. And last I checked, you guys are still the most decorated unit in the Afghan War. So we already know what the retired Sergeant Major of the Army Daily said about Cav Scouts and what most infantrymen think. So, Army Dude, Staff Sergeant Davidson, Cav Scout, two times. What would you like to say as your parting shot to the infantrymen who do not have a movie about them? In Or
1: Put back down to uh, what the dictionary actually says. You know, infantryman is someone who wasn't good enough to be Cav. It's in the dictionary. Just can't beat it. <laughs> All right, let's leave it at that. I appreciate you joining us,
0: man. And thanks for coming on. And uh, again, Staff uh, Sergeant Nicholas Davidson. He was uh, in the Battle of Kamdash uh, at Cop Keating. So if you get a chance, go watch the movie, The Outpost, read the books, The Outpost, *Red Platoon*, the and then look for in the future, hopefully, the movie, *Red Platoon* about said book. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host. We'll see you next time. And, and look, what I need you to do before we get out of here is I need you to go and like, I need you to subscribe, I need you to give a review because... We got some good stuff coming after this guy. Now, you know, again, I told you I set the bar pretty high. First guest was a retired CIA paramilitary operations officer, but Army Dude Davidson, stuff. Sergeant Davidson is a, is a pretty follow, a pretty good solid, or a pretty solid follow-up guest. All right. So, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please share it with your friends and get this man's story out there. Uh, Army Dude, thanks for coming on. Well, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. We got an IPR. Later. Yay! <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks.